welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Deepalm. Follow me on Twitter at Deepalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guess it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcast for absolutely free 99. I want to tell you guys a story. There's a little behind the scenes story for the podcast. You don't care. I don't care that you don't care. You're going to hear it. <laughs> I am a very busy man these days. I don't know if you've heard me can talk about it a lot, but I've got a kid now. Having this kid involved me going to a, the hospital today to get some things checked on and also Shout out to the, the baby. Uh, would you believe this is all like a long way to intro you? I love no, shout out to the baby. Shout out to the baby. I love the baby. It's beautiful. Paul, anyway. why are so many kids born in the fall? Is this a joke? Because it gets really cold in the winter. Shout out to Mr. Gray, my Texas history teacher. Um, my mother's birthday is next week. It's uh, September 23rd. It's her birthday. It's one of my best friend's birthday. It's this girl I used to chase his birthday. September 23rd is such a common birthday because it's almost exactly nine months after Christmas because it gets cold in the winter is what he told me when I was in the seventh grade. It's your show. I apologize. Our, our mystery guest caught me while I was out doing things with my family today. Oh. And I'm going to read the text verbatim. You tell me if I'm lying. Uh, first of all, our last text was Monday, September 4th. Unprompted today, September 12th, 1 p.m. Uh, how the fuck ain't you asking me to do UD pod this week? Yes. No hello. Yeah. No good day. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the voice from the <laughs> ringer, from everywhere you get all your internet good things. Cameron Hawkins at Seahawk. What's up, man? Well, let me tell you what's up. And I don't know if you saw me. It, this podcast is not a visual podcast, right? <laughs> but you it's saw the me last lean over. True audio podcast on the it's an audio podcast. But you <laughs> saw me jump away from the screen for a second and reach for something. So, again, Daniel Palmer, the best. The best comic podcaster in the whole world. Um, he was very complimentary of me most recently. He's been a great, a great supporter of all the things that I've done. I struggle with confidence sometimes, and he's never let me waver in that. Hey, Paul. Can you see what I have in front of you? Can you read that? I can't stand you. No, no, no. Can, can you read it, though? I can read it, yes. Okay, what does it say, sir? It says, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Why am I holding this up in front of you? I don't know. You do know why. <sighs> yeah, that's Tom King's autograph. <laughs> Thanks, Cam, for all your support. <laughs> Yo. I, I, for I what it's worth, I had so restructured today. the entire run of the show. To talk about Texas last, just to screw with I you. I bother Paul so much about what happens in my regular life, and I deal with issues that we all deal with. But sometimes I forget really dope shit happens to me. <laughs> no, Tom King just when he makes new shit, he's just like, here you go, Cam. I'm gonna send it to your house. <laughs> it's stolen valor is what that is. That's um, it is stolen valor. I need the valor. Let me hold it. It's great. Um, shout out to Tom King. Tom King told me be nice to the Jews. Um, and so that's why me and MJF have such a good relationship. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I literally forgot that was there. 
Um, but yeah, man, shout out to Tom King, man. That's my guy. My guy, specifically. It's great. Well, he saved me for the intro because I had a lot of nice things to say about Cam, and now I don't. That is, uh, it's crazy how that happens. Um, Cameron Hawkins, I originally thought he was calling me just to uh, talk about Texas being allegedly back, but we'll get to that, I promise. I want to start first on two types of court. The first one had a lot of basketball players in the stands. We had Jimmy Butler. We had Kevin Durant at the final. But we got Atlanta's own Coco Golf, 19 years old, winning the U.S. Open. I don't know if you've seen the video of her going around with her cheering at the U.S. Open as a child and then winning. Like, Cam, this is it. This is this is like the generational this excellence is, that like a Serena and Venus Williams start. This is what we've been waiting for, man. Um, now, Palm, you being a fantastic football player, um, you would admit that there are very few lanes that were open to us as young people. Right. You happen to live in a state where wrestling was pushed at a school. Wrestling was pushed very much. So. You played football, but like yes. football, basketball, baseball track. It's about the limit. Right. Um, and, they start, and, they, and they started forcing out of baseball when it was when it was about our time. Honestly, that's when it died. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. when it went away. Um, you know, one of my favorite conversations with Bianca Belair is how she was doing CrossFit after track and Mark Henry was out scouting. Yeah, that's Where's a name drop. Bell? One I, ding. Those who don't know, one I used to have a bell that every time you drop a name, I had to ring it. It was called the Pudding Bell. But no, the, the game did change even in the last 10 years or so. And again, right. you and I have been out of high school for 20 years. It's a Shh, different game, right? <laughs> um, but no, seeing somebody like a Coco Golf be able to not only experience, but in turn excel is a beautiful thing, man. And also, you know, Kevin Durant, ding, Kevin Durant was a freshman when I was a senior. We were on campus together. So social media being what it is, allowing people to exist in different spaces is beautiful in that these younger athletes, and again, calling Kevin Durant young for our audience um, is a little strange. I know they don't think about it the same way we do, but it's a beautiful thing getting to see younger athletes support even younger athletes shout out to the kid man like like you know we, we had a bunch of black kids in the quarterfinals um it, it could have been bigger than what it was but listen ain't nothing bigger than winning baby shout out to coco it's beautiful love seeing her with the title another reminder uh she had the title belt from wwe because wrestling is better than the things you like no one is sending pro wrestlers fake uh stanley cups i'm just saying it seems to go only one direction um also on the court usa basketball you and i are old enough to remember when they had to have a redeemed team well we didn't meddle and lebron's calling the nigga avengers and apparently he's trying to get a whole squad steph curry kevin durant ad trying to get these commitments for 2024 pairs cam the u.s look terrible that's what we get for sending austin reeves however as an Atlanta man, watching Anthony Edwards stunt internationally is feels like he's so a good. gold medal to me. He's so good. I love that. He's, yo, he's good and he wants it. He, it's not about the brand. It's not about some shoes. It's not about the next contract. It's about, hey, motherfucker, you think you're better than me? I'm going to go get it. I'm going <laughs> to go get it. I love it. I love it. Like, so I exist in a space 
where I have to watch people tell me that Kobe Bryant was better than Tim Duncan. I'm way too emotionally invested to really have the conversation because I will try to kill a motherfucker. Like, I, it's just me. Um, Tim Duncan is a very important part of my childhood, my upbringing. So I, I cannot fairly have the conversation. However, what is the biggest asterisk on Tim Duncan's career? The 04 Olympics. If you value the Olympics as part of your career, as part of your resume, that team did not win. They didn't. And they had to they had to run it back with LeBron and Kobe and Melo in them and go get it done. That is just it's the a truth. great documentary. I don't know where is it a 30 for 30 or a Netflix. And it was one, fucking all that were, Netflix documentary. Whoever did the doc, it's fantastic. Yeah, man. It's it's great. Um, but you know what? Like, I think LeBron knows that. I told you my LeBron story, right? Name drop. I told you my LeBron story. Go ahead. Do you know Faye Jackson, the wrestler, correct? I, I okay. I, 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 I told you this story, right? So Faye Jackson's name is not the story. Let's hear the story. Her name is Farron. And LeBron and Rich Paul and whoever the fuck else were on campus at Akron making fun of her name. And so she stopped going by Farron and went by Faye. So yes, LeBron, everything's wrestling, like you said. <laughs> everything's wrestling. But no, um, I think that he knows his legacy is never going to surpass Michael Jordan's. Because who's could? And it's not a knock on LeBron. I think LeBron is, no. I don't rank all time. Because again, I'm a Tim Duncan stan. If I had to start ranking, I'd have to choke somebody. But there's no questioning that LeBron is an all-time great. I think that you improve your legacy in different ways if you spearhead a team that beats the shit out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, like, I think that social media and old niggas, like my father, Stephon Hawkins, is like the biggest LeBron hater. And I'm like, how dare you hate LeBron who takes care of his family and loves them unconditionally? Look, um, look when, it, <laughs> when it comes to daddy rankings, you're like, well, let's let's call the basketball court a wash. Let's look at the yeah, rest like of it. Dad, what you are you talking just... about? You, you, why do you hate him because he's there? Anyway, um, <laughs> but no, I, I do think that the way that basketball, not social media, because social media decides things, the way basketball feels about LeBron, if LeBron puts the Avengers together and they get it done, I think that that makes him, that improves his legacy. And listen, it improves it to people who need Look, I, this is a pro LeBron over Jordan podcast. I am 38. I'm breaking with my age cohort. I'm saying LeBron got it. Um, you think LeBron's better than Jordan? Yes. Okay. So let me ask the question the right way. Okay. Is he better than Jordan or is he more talented than Jordan? Are those that, different things to you? They're both. They're different things and, and both. And he's both of them. Yeah. I, I, I'm Jordan's a better pure like, scorer. A better basketball player. For the longer amount of time is LeBron James. Like, there's not. Okay. I, I like we're in year twenty. We are in. We are in year twenty, and he scored twenty eight oh. a game. Oh. Like, I, you, I when... refuse. I'm not. When he beat the Warriors down three one, I was like, oh, I'm not having the conversation anymore. The way you don't talk about Tim Duncan, I don't have this conversation yeah. anymore with people because I'm just like, oh, I've seen something that's physically impossible. I see him beat. I saw him beat. The greatest team I've ever seen. And say what you will about seventy-two and t- uh, and ten Bulls. That seventy-three and nine Warriors team 
There's a man. goddamn bus. I watched the 73 game at a hotel bar. Um, again, they are the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Because again, we were children during 72 and 10. It doesn't resonate the same way. But yeah, yeah man, it's but, better. Dog, I was 13. I was. That is my childhood. That year is yeah. codified in my life. Because you know what? Because we. I swear the podcast is going to continue. Dennis Rodman would be on Nitro talking shit and grabbing rebounds on Tuesday. And I mean, that was my how life. Do that? What <laughs> fucking co- how was the contract set up to where Dennis fucking Rodman could Yo, just be in the fucking The worm is working a, a semi-main with Hogan and DDP on Monday on a and then Sunday. be in Detroit on Wednesday busting ass. Gra- grabbing 17 so- boards. Listen, guys. If if you want your children to be successful athletes, feed them. I'm not saying it's a promise. What I'm saying is, if your kid can eat, they got a chance. Them three square meals, it's different on your body. So just make make sure them kids eat. Go, no lunch. Go look at freshman weights and then sophomore weights of your favorite college. Just go compare. My, my thing about Jordan was always like Palm. He hung in the air so long. I'm not – look, I get it. I, I am a child of – this is my well, – okay. this, this is me. I get it. Yeah. All I'm saying aesthetically, is – I don't think aesthetically, there's a better Jordan player than Jordan. But I'm also, just saying I, but my thought, evolution only like works one direction. When you create players in 2K, I feel like you create either a point guard or somebody who gets a lot of assists because we think triple-doubles are really sexy because I do. Um, so I get it. Again, this is not me like arguing with you. I'm saying I understand how LeBron can occupy that space. That's all I'm saying. And I'm excited for someone to take it from LeBron. I want to be like Allen Iverson. I, I love the way AI gives love to the young dudes and they give it back. Like I don't want to be the guy in the club who's like, in my day, Nelly was a banger. Like, no, nah, dog. Like maybe you don't want to be Doctor J. You want to be Doctor Paul? Exactly. I'm just saying, like, like I need to keep moving forward. Like, evolution in every other sport, we're like, yeah, these guys are better than those guys. And everyone wants to be like, no, Jordan better than Bob. I'm like, Evol- we've only seen – that's Carl Malone doing a 4-3-40. Like, this has never happened before. Palm, make a decision. Playmakers or winning time? What is the better sports show? Winning time. They haven't canceled it I think it Playmakers yet. was incredible. They haven't canceled it yet. <laughs> I think Playmakers was incredible. Playmakers um, was suppo- you couldn't do Playmakers because one, NFL, but two, it was supposed to be contemporary. We can yeah. always tell historical stories. They did. They got away with the Bronx's burning on ESPN. But yeah. to tell Playmakers when you're in bed with the NFL, that's ah, a tough road. Who's the best actor on Winning Time? What is happening? I lost my is it, the, is it? Wait, because wait, I think it's either – I want to say the guy playing Kareem, but sincerely – I think it's either the kid playing Magic, who is, of course, the lead, yes. but yo, John C. Riley is smoking. Like, as but, you said that, my answer was Adrian, uh, uh, old buddy playing Riley. And then, like, as you were talking about, oh, but the young dude who plays Magic. We haven't like, got oh, to Riley. Oh, John C. Riley. You know, we haven't got to, like, Pat Riley yet. Like, we haven't really got to slick back. Uh, uh, mob boss Riley. Not yet. That's I hope Sunday. You, listen, That's guys, Sunday. if you're listening to this, watch Winning Time on HBO. We need Please. that to come back. It is a special show. We need it. If only because really Jerry West is a liar for even pretending this isn't how he acted. Jerry West like, is no, such a... Like Jeannie Buss was like, no, that is historical inaccuracies. I... 
I know what cocaine did to people back in the day. Jerry Buss wrote in his own books that he was a terrible person. Like everything he's written, everything that he's mad about appears in the books that he is autobiography. So I don't want to hear it. Um, you can be a very innocent womanizer, guys. <laughs> you can be a joyful. Um, you can basically be anybody from Alice in Wonderland, but also be a womanizer. Just so you know, he's very charming, but also he was on some dog shit. We seen it. This light skinned agenda, my goodness. Um, we're not gonna get too deep into it, but I did want to bring it up because I got you on the podcast. UFC WWE merger went down today. For the first time in a very long time, a single McMahon's not in charge of that company. Uh, I'm not gonna get into the weeds on it because I know it's what you do for a living, but I do want to ask this. With all the slurs dropped on UFC this weekend, and WWE's insistence to be a more advertiser friendly brand like that's the brand when's that rubber going to hit that road because at a certain point that becomes injurious to wwe's brand so like you said you, you know my position I've, I've done some reach outs today to make sure people were good because you understand with mergers that people mm -hmm. get cut right yes um i, I love the travel department yeah I love seeing Bianca and Tez being kind of at the forefront of a merger. Palm, I don't know if I told you this story, but um, we went to WrestleCon in LA and one of the first people I saw was the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro, who I was a monster fan of as Elijah Burke um, in the new ECW. And I saw him, I was like, yo, what's good, baby? Actually, Palm. Uh, hit the bell. I was at the game last week when we played Rice, and I saw Quan Cosby, and I was like, what's up, superstar? He was like, what's up, baby? How you been? Because Quan and I are both old men at this point, but we were also, <laughs> again, UT was 1% black, so we all know each other. It was great to see him, and he's he works for the program. He's successful. I love seeing that for Quan. But Elijah Burke is one of those people who followed me on social media early, so when we saw each other, it was love. But then I was leaving L.A. and I went to the airport and we saw each other. Um, we sat next to each other at the airport for an hour talking. And listen, I'm not saying this is anybody else's feelings at all. Elijah Burke, though, was like, Cam, you're an adult and I'm an adult. The way that they're presenting Vince is not the way a lot of people saw it. And again, that's no judgment from me. I'm just simply saying not everyone backstage hates Vince McMahon, even though I would understand why people feel exactly that way, okay? My feelings do not re reflect talent or management, but they don't feel that way. So seeing Vince in the front of everything was not a shock to me because like way less people hate him than you think they do. Um, it's really interesting to see him lose kind of a controlling stake in everything. He's going to make money hand over fist. This is what happens with rich white people. <laughs> Even when they fuck up, like, this is what occurs, right? The machine designed To go back to money. your original point, I think UFC has way more on their side to be family friendly than WWE does. I think the thing about WWE, take Ronda Rousey outside of the equation, right? Everybody in WWE knows the right way to talk to media. 
all of them. Yes. And the people who don't, even ones I've talked to, we've struck in certain things from the record because WWE is smart enough to have media and talent relations on every single call that they make. So the words that can't go out, don't go out. There are two guys in very prominent positions who do not like each other at all who did. And I was specifically asked to cut that a long time ago because it don't help the company. Bad for business. They don't do live mics over there. Right. So I don't think that's going to change. You know what I'm saying? But like, I think UFC has way more work to do on their end. But hey, Palm, can I ask you a question? Sure. I'm not even gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna drop another name. You know who my other best friend is in WWE? Her name is Lola Vice. It's my dog. Um, we were at Wally Mania. We met. We had a great conversation. We were on stage together. I had a bunch of champagne. Um, the next day, we saw each other at uh, NXT. Got along great. And, and everybody knows it's a very attractive woman. But my whole thing is, like, y'all are all attractive. What do I look like in my job and my career trying to hit on you? I want you to win. The first thing I told her, Paul, was like, look, I know you can whoop everybody's ass in this building. I'm very aware of that. <laughs> you saying that is not going to win you any points with management or with fans. You you can't do that because Ronda tried that and it didn't work. Like, we know this is a television show. So you talking about whooping people's ass ain't going to do you one single favor. And she right. took it to heart. She still did it one time. I don't know why. <laughs> but she took it to heart because she understood. The biggest thing they're going to have to do is train their fighters to remember their fighters between the bells and no other time. Because these are unreasonable people because everybody who can whoop somebody's ass is unreasonable. It's true. That's true. All right, well, let's do it. Let's get into college football. We'll eventually talk about the thing you want to talk about. But let's talk about the thing neither one of us wants to talk about. Mel Tucker's ass lying like shit to try to keep this $80 million. For those of you Can who you don't know. Can you please explain that story to me? Because I've seen it. But please, break it down in the way that you are the best at, please. So there's a, a woman who is a victim of sexual abuse. She took that, empowered herself with it. And she now goes to campuses and different groups speaking about um cultures of abuse and things of that nature she was, it was on invited... their campus or this happened elsewhere i'm gonna get there so she I'm was invited to in michigan state she did her talk from there she continued interacting Paul, with the... is michigan state the school where all the gymnasts yes I, that that People. larry you may you may know this school from the larry nasser investigation yes, i'm sorry Yes. yes, yes, you may have heard of them before, Ghost Party. Um, so, allegedly, uh, I think it was last April, they were on a phone call for 37 minutes, during which Mel Tucker acknowledges and admits to masturbating on the phone call with her. Um, he claims it was consensual, she claims it was not. Um, the things he's saying now in his release statement through these lawyers, who must be off the back of, like, a bubblegum rapper, uh, he's claiming things didn't happen, but they directly contradict his actual written statements to uh, the Title IX investigators. So he's lying to someone, and there's $80 million on the line. <laughs> so uh, Michigan State was giving a, a press conference about this. I think it was like around midnight Saturday night. 
they were talking about it and then they hastily left the stage because apparently while they knew there was an investigation, they didn't know the details until the USA Today report broke. Right now we're staying with uh, him suspended and a hearing coming forth, I believe the beginning of October. Uh, it's all bad. Um, I, in my personal, in any other professional capacity, tend to believe victims until proven otherwise, just because of patterns of behavior. No um, Mel Tucker is was the first Dion who showed up at Michigan State, saw that you could flip an entire roster, and they rewarded him with a $90 million contract. They've been rat ass since then. So Michigan State has all the incentive in the world to figure out ways not to pay this man $80 million that he's legally owed. Uh, there's a lot of people saying a lot of things. I've got to say right now, Mel Tucker, that statement, it felt like Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis is fake ass. We're sorry if we offended any victims of rape. Like, it was really bad. Hey, Palm. What was the very good Houston running back who probably believes the world is a pincushion? There's a couple. The Houston Texans. <laughs> oh, Arian Foster. Arian Foster. Okay. <laughs> who has a bigger discrepancy of what they were in college versus what they were in the pros? Arian Foster or Le'Veon Bell? Ooh. I'll go. <sighs> Le'Veon, like, I didn't watch a lot of Michigan State, and but, what? like, Le'Veon Bell was a revelation. They were both revelations in the pros. Who do you think played more? Who had the better scout? Because <laughs> those guys were incredible. I think Le'Veon Bell aesthetically was better. Aesthetically. I, I can't speak okay. to numbers. But aesthetically, he developed a patience that you only have, and he no longer has it because he's doing a bunch of weird shit for money. But very strange. <laughs> but yeah, it was different, man. That's what you got out of the Mel Tucker story. Let me say this about Mel Tucker. I'm with you in that typically with victims. I'm going the way of the victim. We've talked a little bit about Vince McMahon. Like that that exists. Um I exist on a college campus 99% of my life. Mm. I see, you know, and, and I went to the big school, grad students marry professors. Mm -hmm. Students date teachers. It is a weird, fluid thing. However, Mel Tucker, you old as shit. <laughs> I want to explain that. Mel, Mel, um, Mel. If you're going, Mel, I can't tell you not to be a dirty old man. I can't do that. It's not within my rights. It is within my rights to ask you to be smart enough not to do it with the woman whose specific job is to talk about sexual assault, Mel. Like, I... Niggas someone said so, someone said his lawyer wouldn't release that statement if they didn't have some proof. And I said, you, you mean he's dumb enough to admit to doing what he did, but smart enough to not lie to his lawyers. So all I'm saying is, um, yeah, all sides point to Mel trying to find a way to get this 80 million. It's nasty, man. We don't even got to pretend nasty. like it's not. It's super nasty. Um, there, there's a, a weird fluidity to who you have access to on campus, but you have to understand power dynamics, if nothing else. Mm hmm. Um, I, I don't assign 
guilt, but I also say you put yourself in a position you absolutely did not have to be in. You nasty old man. <laughs> hey, I got a question for you. Um, I was number 25 in the, the uh, top 25 this week. It's not a question, actually. It's just a sign of disgust. Um, you may be familiar with Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator, son of Kirk Ferentz, the head coach. Um, he's got a, a, a clause in his contract this year to score 325 points per seat this game, which is essentially 25 points per game uh, a week. Elastico was this weekend. They scored 20 points. They won 20 to 13, hitting the under. You shrewd better as you. We're now at, we're now under the pace for him to hit this escalator. Cam, last year, Kirk Ferentz asked for a report from older players about what they can do to improve the program. The report came back and said, fire yourself. And he said, we're disbanding the group. That actually happened. This is the same man who had the racist strength coach. So I ask you this, even if Brian Ferentz, when Brian Ferentz does not hit this mark of 25 points per game, which also allows them to include defensive and special teams touchdowns, it's points of any kind. Do you think they'll still give him the money because daddy said so? <laughs> I do think they will. But, Palm, like, you don't want a racist strength coach? <laughs> like, listen, um, so what's really interesting, again, I, I'm, I'm a college academic advisor. And so I deal with high school kids in the area. One of the prominent high schools in my area is a top-ranked local football team. My buddy is the assistant coach. We played together. The head coach um, was one of our assistant coaches back when I was in high school. We used to call him Buddy Lee because he had a buzz cut. You don't have a buzz cut as like a 30-year-old assistant coach if you don't got a little bit of ism in you. And guess what? <laughs> Buddy, I had 92 abs and veins everywhere you can see them. Like, look. <laughs> I, 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 I don't like how we got there, but I love getting there, baby. Oh, my God. Um, the point I think of they, the strength coach is to make someone mad enough to fight you, but too scared to fight you. I retort that in the 20 years since you and I were doing it, these kids too fucking big. I can't have these kids all, almost ready to whip my ass because they just go, Percy Harvin happened. Percy Harvin put them paws on that coach, and it was his receiving room for the rest of his time in Florida. They didn't like, even put that is, in the documentary. What a piece is, of shit, Doc. I didn't watch it. I knew it. The second, it's I knew the, the second they secured Urban for an interview, I was like, oh, there's no way I'm watching this. It's just hey, a bunch of I, lies. Can I drop a name? Can I drop a name real quick? Nothing could stop you. So, hey, remember when I did the Brian Danielson thing, and it was – I love that. If only because I didn't do any heavy lifting. He just talked for an hour. He's incredible. And he has a lisp, and I think that's hilarious that he hides it on television. He hides so it well. He hides it, yeah, for real. He's, He's amazing. And shout out to, hey, what he did for my man Rick, I, I love Danielson forever. But anyway. That was a low-key drop, which is hilarious. Go on. That's two. Danielson is not a normal wrestler in that he has his own management. Like, a real manager for, for stuff. His management, uh, his name is Meech Golden. Meech Golden is a guy out of New York. Um... The only reason I got to talk to Danielson in L.A. because I saw Meech. I was like, yo, Danielson, thank you so much for the interview. He was like, oh, thanks. And Meech was like, no, that's that's Cam. And he's like, oh, shit. It was great. So that's a quadruple name drop. Anyway, what documentary did Meech produce last month? A little no. documentary called B.S. High. <gasps> 
if you saw, if you watched the whole thing, Palm, because I know you, remember when the guy went outside and that light-skinned guy was talking to him about coming back in? That's Meech Goldie. Um, Just a light-skinned like, hey, coalition over here, huh? Before, before the documentary dropped, he was like, hey, you want to interview Roy Johnson? I was like, of course I do. Guess what? After the documentary dropped, Meech, no thanks. <laughs> I'm yeah. good. I've seen all I need to see. <laughs> that is a crazy person. There's no, I don't have any questions he can answer, not behind the glass, not behind bulletproof glass. <laughs> I was like, he's like, yo, you should have him on stream. I could not imagine. No. Because I would go crazy. Because no. he's a terrible human. Palm, terrible what was the human. question? Because I dropped too many names. I, the question was, with all this knowledge about Iowa and chasing 25 points a game, them being the top 25 further proves oh. my point. The Big yeah. Ten's a goddamn Ponzi scheme. They inflate themselves on non-conferences. They tell you that. Do you remember last year Iowa was a top 10 team at one point? Fuck that. Look, guys, Iowa, I, got, I, I watch football. Iowa has a linebacker in the league right now who smoked it this week. Boy, ain't no better defensive back seven than white Iowa. Them boys can play some ball. You ain't never going to get a corner or a safety out there, but in linebackers, no. you get them. Um, no, you can get a good 3-4 linebacker. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you can get an outside 3-4 linebacker in Iowa. That's true. With, like, I think it's – I love that Michigan's back, but with Ohio State, it really does not matter who they plug in at quarterback. It seems – and, again, like, this kid Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't, we don't know say who that his name on this podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, I, I don't know who his father is. I'm sure he's proud right. of him because right. that kid is incredible. Um, I, correct me if I'm wrong. All due respect to uh, my man Devonte, who plays for Philly. Have we had a game-changing college receiver like this since Larry Fitzgerald? Yeah. Who would you Julio. say? I, I'm not saying you're wrong. Julio, Julio played college football. Oh, Julio. He was between them. Julio was amazing. AJ. Yeah, for sure. When AJ was in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Was, hey, to Luke Jordan like, I'm just thinking local right now. I'm sure. Hook him, baby. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, it, it's that kid is special, man. Yes, he is. That kid is. Whoever, whoever he is, he's fantastic at football. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, whoever his dad is, I'm sure he's proud. I'm sure. I, 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 I can't. That man, that man's a virgin birth. Um. There are eight goddamn 12 Pac-12 teams in the top 25. And I'll be honest, it looks like pretty accurate because the SEC is fairly down except for, you know. Um, but, Cam, I'm not here to speak ill of a black man doing a thing. But there is no greater coaching disparity in charisma than Deion Sanders versus Matt fucking Rule. Matt Rule... My God. Yo, Matt Rule's catching catching strays because Sidor Sanders has said in the postgame, we didn't like the way he talked about us. I had people going through and said Matt Rule's never said anything about anyone. Matt Rule's the most white bread, vanilla, bland coach. He's like, I didn't say anything. And the truth is, they went back and looked. He didn't. I love that Sidor Sanders is just making up slights now. That's my favorite part of this team. They're going to decimate Colorado State, which has got two networks headed there. They've got Fox and goddamn ESPN both going to Colorado, Colorado State this weekend. And then they got to play Oregon and like the real reality will set in. But it's been a lot of fun so far. Does Oregon still has the best uniforms in college football, by the way. That's they continue nice. to evolve. Um, Palm, is Deion Sanders 
the most talented football player to ever live. Jerry Rice all due respect to Jerry, Jerry Rice. Rice. Definitely Jerry Rice lived. But I see what I, you're saying. I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on this ride. I'll go with you on this ride. Jerry Rice's ability to manipulate defenses in a time where they were allowed to kill you is still <laughs> the most incredible, like, feat. Why, why does that safety have a shotgun? <laughs> oh, like, what's what's my man's name? Is it not Steve Largent? Who is the, the defensive back from Seattle? Uh, not Dick Lee. The one who was killing everyone. I know you're talking about, yeah, yeah. But you know who I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, he had to play him twice a year. And here's Jerry Rice unscathed eating chicken on TV. Like, With his receding-ass braids. Yeah. But, like, Deion Sanders, I don't know if Kobe could have ever been a great coach because the demand is different, right? Right. I don't know if Jordan could have ever been a great coach because the demand is different, but I think we'll both agree. Michael Jordan was a beautiful man. I don't know how charismatic Michael Jordan ever was. Like, you wanted to be around Michael Jordan because he was good at football, not because you wanted to be around Michael Jordan. Dion is this different thing that is, like, I'm from Texas. Um, I have friends, hit the bell, I have friends who were on that national title team who went to coach at prime prep with Dion because Dion is that type of motivator. You know what I'm saying? So Dion has always been – he had a fake school, and they wanted to <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, we can say prime prep, we can talk about BS high, but the fact that if we don't make the direct correlation between these two. Thing, right? <laughs> but no, Dion is magnetic, and, and the, the – How isn't he Roy? We didn't – okay, we might disagree on what Michael Jordan is, but we would agree that Dion – outside of most people. Like, it's Dion and it's Rod McCaffrey. Well, you got to like, understand. You got to understand that, like, especially for football players to to even be noticed. Because basketball players are the most naked. They're in tank tops and shorts. It's easy. The, the James Harden is a billionaire and has not one lick of charisma. Tell me something interesting about James Harden. I'll wait. Not well, one goddamn well, thing well, interesting about them. Well, well, we're Eskimo Strip brothers. clubs are not interesting. Your are not interesting. Yeah. That's very that's very regular degular of him. That's very every nigga. Not the Houston baby. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is to break out of that shell, to push through the 40 pounds of gear to be a face mm-hmm. is it takes the Pat McAfee. Like they don't all break through because you can't they football beats the personality out of you a lot mm-hmm. of ways to fit this like weird like pseudo militaristic role because all these guys are too cowards to go fight so they decided to pick on children um but with basketball like oh yeah we, we're gonna plant institutions look who kevin durant's mean on twitter like with football it's like yo you have to be a you know how, perfect example marcellus wiley's a smart outgoing dude he has a ceiling because he's only so charismatic yeah no doubt no doubt Deion sanders um, like you said had a fake fucking school, and then they gave him more schools. Like, I don't get it. I'll never – that's one of those things where it's like the grift actually hurt children, so I'll always be bothered by it. But Yeah, I've told you this, though. Like, who do you think is the biggest con man in wrestling? 
It's Jeff Jarrett. Who? You know I think it's Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. You know what's Jeff funny? Jeff Jarrett invented money. Yes. Jeff Jarrett invented money. Answer, and here's why. I met Jeff Jarrett and immediately realized he's the most charismatic man to ever exist. Those two tend to go hand in hand. Yeah. Immediately, I was like, nope, that's why they give him money. That is it. And Jeff Jarrett is not run fast, jump high guy. So Dion is not only charismatic. He's not point. only MC Hammer's third best friend. By the way, uh, he's MC the Hammer. Uncle Thanos. He assembled fucking the Wu-Tang Clan and Michael Irvin. Nigga, you went to Miami. Miami's playing a right team. <laughs> what are you doing in Colorado? It's different. Like, again, Dion being the most, again, outside of Jerry Rice, and, and we don't run numbers, but he's one of the most athletically gifted people to ever yes. exist. Yes. If he wanted to be broke, he'd be the greatest Olympian of all time. He just would. He could do whatever, right? You find a way to get but paid doing it, though. You put that on top of actual charisma, mm -hmm. and Dion can do anything. Now, yes. again, why I put him in a space different than the Jordans of the world, he produced a child who also seems to be incredibly athletically gifted. He taught Travis Hunter into going to Jackson State and Colorado. Palm, do you Jackson know what you State do? I get. Yeah, but, but do you know what you do when you live in Wyoming? No. You go to Boulder on the weekends. I used to live in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and there's nothing to do in Cheyenne, Wyoming, so you go to Boulder, Colorado on the weekends. Boulder, Colorado sucks. <laughs> but it's way more interesting than Cheyenne, Wyoming. He did that, man. He did I don't that. think that's I don't think that's Dion's recruiting pitch. More interesting than Wyoming. It sucks. It's trash. Um, but he he's a motivator of of children and men. And boy, particularly what, uncles. Particularly uncles. Um, they all they all thought they were Dion, man. They all thought well, they all wanted to be Dion or be around Dion. And Nebraska fans. Being, yeah, Nebraska yeah. fans, I tried to warn you guys that Matt Rule, that three years away from recruiting is going to hurt a lot, and Matt Rule is not a quick turnaround guy. And to watch someone turn around a program one year when you've got Jeff Sims as quarterback at Nebraska, it's got to be depressing. I know Nebraska, you want to replace him. Guys, he is the replacement. That's sad. Um, the wildest thing about this is Dion versus Matt Rule drew 2 million more viewers than Bama, Texas. Because, yes, we've come to the part of the program, why Cam texted me. We've come to the part of the program, why Cam is grinning on the screen right now. It's because Texas might be back. And before you go, Cam, I want to read some stats. Just a few stats. 2003 was the last time Nick Saban won a national championship without Kirby Smart as his DC or Steve Sarkeesian as his OC or Scott Cochran as his strength and conditioning coordinator. That's a fact. Um, Nick Saban started complaining about the clock starting too fast and stopping too slow. Um, during the end of that Texas game. Uh, Alabama is now 5-4 and four in its last nine games against P5 opponents. Uh, lost to, uh, with national championship implications, excuse me, lost to UGA in 2022. In that season, they also beat a lot of teams, but then they lost to Tennessee and LSU, and now they lost to Texas. I, I would argue that Kirby broke Saban. Um, Jermaine Burton is a Georgia transfer, and he had some big catches for Alabama. Uh, A.D. Mitchell caught two touchdowns for Texas. Georgia is now underwriting all watchable football on television. He caught Charles winning championship ball, right? And we
He said, have a nice, enjoy the weather in Texas, sir. We collect rings over here. Now, um, yeah. So, yeah. The first uh, thing oh, I would Bama had got, four fewer yards of offense against Rice on the same number of plays against Texas's defense. Um, I have to ask you this. This is serious. Is Texas good or is Bama bad? Go. Texas is good. Okay. Um, let me say this. I think, sincerely, they dumbed down the playbook a lot week one, so they didn't show what they were going to do week two. I genuinely think that. Um, Quinn Ewers, I think, is a weird case, but, like, he's moonball guy. You got to go get it. I think Xavier Worthy has all the talent in the world. And if he did not shake off that first touchdown drop, we would have been mm-hmm. stuck in the mud. I think Jordan Whittington is an incredible receiver. I think that the same way that Jordan Shipley did, the same way that Quan Cosby did, he's going to make a lot of money in the slot in the NFL. Being that size, being kind of a body catcher, but being a sure-handed catcher. I really think that. I think our linemen have finally caught up to the rest of the world. Jesus Christ, no sex, no sex, no sex. And not that Bama isn't well coached, but there's talent alongside both of their lines, no sex. It looked like we could finally stop the run. We got big zero, big JT Sanders catching balls. Um, Last year, Palm, if Quinn doesn't get hurt, I think we win that game. I feel so good for Ryan Watts, who literally missed a sack on Bryce Young to secure that game last year. Talent hasn't been the question. Coaching is the question. Is Texas back? I I never want to have that conversation because back means something different because I'm from 10 wins after party with a bunch of white women. (laughs) It's a different record for the record. In the existence of the Big 12, Texas won it once. I want to make that very fucking clear. So when we say Texas back, I also wonder what does back mean? You're not like yeah. swimming in national titles over there. Like what is what is back? Curiosity yeah, sake. Yeah, it was Matt Brown had that crazy run of 10 wins, but oh, Oklahoma that recruiting was still line, it was cooking. fantastic. Yeah, Oklahoma <laughs> was still cooking, and, and there's no denying that. I think for Texas to be back, they have to A win that non-conference game like they did last week. They have yes, to they be beat Oklahoma, they have to see win the Big 12. Those three things have to happen for you to establish back. It's just what it is. I like this. This is good. This is fantastic. I have a question for you. What's the weirdest part of your stat line from last week? Um, Probably celebrating 24 of 38. Qu- Quinn Ewers, one catch, three yards. He passed to Shout himself. out to him, man. He got that. Ball I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I have I have serious though structural questions about um Tuscaloosa because this is how I know it's it's something changed. I'm not as happy as I should be. Um can, how does that yeah, cornerback yeah. situation happen in Tuscaloosa in an era where you can legally pay players? So let me let me talk about it. You get major Applewhite. You get Vince Young, you get Colt McCoy, and then, listen, I forget the kid's name who transferred to SMU, 
but Alabama beat the shit out of us, and they tried to turn the number one spread quarterback into the in the country into a single back quarterback. Mm. Matt Brown did that. That's why you lost your fucking job. He did that. So like, I mean, listen, it goes great till it don't, baby. And sure. and, and listen, they put up with a lot of shit with my quarterbacks, and I admit that. But that's what happens, man. Like they said, all four of the last Bama quarterbacks are starting in the NFL right now. There has to Nobody be. Yeah, right. has the run has to end. Don't happen, right? So, and and you know, we love the kid. We want the kid to do well. If for no other reason than more kids like us will do well. Buddy, he was not ready for all that talent on the other side. Last week, he got to free ball it <laughs> and do what he did because he was more athletic. But listen, Texas having athletes has never been the issue. Si- sincerely on defense, it's been two things. It's being tough up front and it's tackling. And I'll say this, Alabama, that might be the most impressive tackling job I've ever seen from a defense. I love that kid number three that they got. He got burned so twice. But guess what? So they mean. were up there sticking. Bama looked great playing defense. Okay, listen, first, and first things first, Bama did not look great on defense. Nick Saban I mean, would punch you in the mouth if you heard defense. you say that out loud. I mean, meeting at the point of attack and making tackles. They I looked great. They really did. But no, Two- Texas is no longer team who can't tackle. And they would have won a bunch of games in the if last. They could tackle. <laughs> yes, tackled. All right, They're so two more things. No more. Two more things from this Bama game. One, I just want to start the weekly Tommy Reese watch. Tommy Reese is going to kill someone and/or himself in that booth. Um, trying to call this offense. I it is really bad. There. He looks sad like me. He looks on Facetime so with a Mexican woman. It was hurt. real sad. Um, and what? two. Everyone is like, oh, Nick Saban was laughing at media day. This team's his hidden secret weapon. I was talking to Felder about this. Ring the bell. I'm name dropping our That's actual Mike. friends. I'm, I'm name dropping our actual friends. That's like eight ring bells, by the way. You <laughs> like, you can't. I'm talking about random wrestling people. You're talking about maybe the most comprehensive football speaker in the world. That, that's, tech- that's like eight of them. We were texting about this, and I was like, did people really think that meant he was happy? Smiling Nick Saban means I hate this team, and they can't know how much I hate them. It was like four years ago when we had one of these teams, too. He was like, oh, I don't know how much I hate them. He's because not if I, because, No, because he knows he that he knows this squad. Year after they won the national title? Yeah. Yeah. No, Because yeah, he knows. knows that if he yells at this squad the way he wants to, he'll mentally break them. They can't take full Nick Saban, so he's got to find nice ways to talk around it. But he hates this team. Like, when he writes his memoirs, this is the team that's on the list of teams he absolutely fucking hated they coaching. They don't have receivers. They, don't they can't really, run the ball. They don't really have running backs. Like I was saying, they don't really have running backs. Um, Their they have a quarterback is who is not good, good on the quarterback's third down, down, but – you being good on third down against a talented team, you you run out. They don't look disciplined. They were hey getting smoked um, on double moves. We're, we're, we're getting out of here out of this game, but I do want to say something really quickly. I heard your people. I weighed the things that they said. Some of the things they chanted, SEC. I want to make something very clear. I don't know how y'all niggas is wired. Your boy here, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about a conference. 
People ask, who do you cheer for in Florida, Tennessee? I cheer for the field to open up and for both programs to be swallowed whole. I hope that they cancel football at those schools. I don't care if they succeed. It hurts me if they succeed. So people say, SEC, I don't rep no sets, guys. I just rep, I'm a Georgia fan. I don't care. And also in Texas, there are some people chanting, Cameron, we want Georgia. Cameron. I don't fucking want, I, I, told, Cameron. I told you, man, Sam. I was like, man, fuck y'all. But I don't want no smoke. <laughs> <laughs> TC, you wanted Georgia wanna once. Be, I don't want to be the O in 15 and O or 14 and O. No, I hope like, y'all stumble. I don't want that. Um, when Michigan I, I, came I, out that, that that semifinal game in the um in the uh in like the t-shirts mocking the D line, I was like, oh, that was a horrible one. That was a horrible decision. What are you doing? Let me ask you because you were emotionally invested. Where hmm. does Georgia, Ohio State rank for you in all-time games? And not a specific number, but is it like top 15, top 10? No. None of my top games are wins. Okay. I none of the it. ones that um, actually like emotionally move me. Because I'm, I've been, you have to understand, uh, I have like Texas, there was like Malou and like this, you win, go back to Oklahoma. For most of my life, Steve Spurrier lived in Florida and just beat the shit out of me. Like that was most of my fanhood growing up. Like just, I'm a kicked dog. Like at, at a certain point, my son will know enough to ask questions about Georgia and like we'll watch games together and Georgia will be at that point because there's no more parity. There's the richer getting richer in college football. So Georgia's going to be fantastic for a while. So he's going to say to me, dad, why are you so nervous for up 30? I'm like, you haven't seen the things that I've seen. Quincy Carter tried to snort the goal line once. Like it's just, it's just horrible. Oh yeah, Quincy Carter loved the way cocaine smelled. I like the champ um, Bailey, man. Um, oh, yeah. like, that's the thing is, Champ ba- like the, the Bailey boys, his brother Boss, their ke- their cousin Kenny, poor Kenny with the shitty name, Boss Champ and Kenny. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can do it for days. Uh, let's let's get out of. Oh, one more thing, because it's your state too. Hey man, if they're going to launder Saudi oil money, Jimbo's got to win some games. Uh, <laughs> it's a bum ass school. <laughs> I've always told this story. Um, when I had to make decisions on where to go to college, I had a full ride to one school and had to pay a bunch of money to go to another school, and I'm in debt. That should tell you everything you know about that school. <laughs> I, I use Texas A&M as an, uh, when I point to people and say, don't pay attention to recruiting rankings, because you got to remember that they had that legendary class four years ago, like when uh, Jimbo was going to turn it around. And so... What I explained to people is one, there's no adequate way to cover all the high schools. You can't, it's a question of manpower. It's impossible. So two, they start ranking these schools based on whose fan bases are going to buy these fucking magazines. But Notre yeah, Dame's man. always hit the first and always in the mid teens when the. Not to Dave Campbell. Keep going. <laughs> and so I try, and then I also explain to people that there is a saturation of stars. Like, what do you mean? So when early recruitment happens, five stars sign on. When spring recruitment happens, there's just as many five stars. How did that happen? Because during the season, they inflated the four stars and three stars so that by the time they get the signing day, they still have five stars to report on. It's all a game. So, like, recruiting rankings, everyone's like, oh, look at Georgia's class. It don't matter until they step between the hedges. It, they don't count to me to do something on a fucking Saturday. And AM is why you can use recruiting rankings to do a lot of things, and some of those things is launder, Saudi, oil money. Where is Kenny Hill? Where is Kenny Hill right now? Look. That's no disrespect, but yeah. Yeah. The the Johnny Manziel doc is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, I thought he had oil money for real. <laughs> I'm like, nah, we were just bullshit. No 
that's that two. That's that. That's that. It's one right there. Because ain't not one person in America question that white boy's money. If that had been a nigga, my my friend didn't all money enough. So I thought he was like, oh, he's not like white. He's he's Persian. Um, (laughs) He's white. Good old white. Good old used car lot white. Just a white guy (laughs) who is playing a great like yo. Where where the the Florida documentary was not great. Where the where the Johnny Manziel doc excelled is that look, he was getting drafted, he got management. We told his homeboy, listen, you gotta go. And his homeboy said, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I have made so much money off this, and that's my man. I'm gone. Thank you for letting me do what I did. That's a friend. The Johnny one is so shameless. <laughs> that really, I believe uh, that that I, like I don't know what the point was. I know at the end he's like, I haven't changed. You're like, wait, why did I just to make say a couple more dollars? <laughs> there's couple there's more no dollars. third act. There's no third act any, of like no, redemption no, and growth. Finish. It doesn't finish. It doesn't finish. It's wait, literally dude. like right at the end of Back to the Future 2 when Doc's about to take you to the past. They made no, this thinking they made this thinking he was gonna die. And he didn't die. And they were like, Well, I guess we gotta wrap it up. Um, let's go to the NFL before we get out of here. Jim Trotter's lawsuit looks to be a fucking smoker. <laughs> I, I, you and I are old enough to remember jacked up on ESPN. Yo, the league's about to get jacked up. I thought they was finna end racism, though. They was finna end racism, they told me. It's still in the end zones. It takes all of us. Um, Dog. I think he got him. Like, we'll it's so disingenuous. And, and I asked this question last week. If it's on all of us to end racism, I would ask any person who pushed that agenda, what percentage is on black and brown people? What would you like us to do? Like, if, if you had to say, hey, we, we're all in this together, what percentage is on non-white people? Um, one of the reasons, name drop, that I'm in an interesting position uh, my man Shane Helms, a hurricane, who I love to death, one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. We had a very in-depth conversation about why it ain't all of us. <laughs> like, if you look at racism as an institution and you don't blame white people the most, you're being disingenuous about what was presented to you, about what you know and what you see. And so, yeah, Jim Trotter, hey, baby, you good. <laughs> you are straight. Yeah, man. Hmm. In the face of that, 27 million people watch Lions Chiefs. They gonna cut this nigga a check and keep moving. <laughs> like it's, this is not gonna stop anything. There's so much money. <laughs> hey, Palm, was Thursday an aberration or more the norm for those two teams? For the the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they signed Chris. They signed old. They signed old buddy this week, didn't what? they? 20 million. Here you Look. go. <laughs> Because they saw it. They saw it. Tur- I don't listen. I, after that loss, I'd have turned my phone off. Said, they'll find me. Bruh. They'll he was in me. the stands in a different team's hat. Like, that's a great play. With two mob bosses. Sorry to be racist to Italians. Um, It was incredible, man. It was incredible. Um, They're not going to drop balls like that every week. They're going to no. get Kelsey back. It can't be that bad. But good for Detroit, man. Like, Dan Campbell is a huge human being, and I forget sometimes until you see him in like regular interview scenarios. I want him to do well. I feel like Shout he never to, uses the hard R. 
Shout out to Dan Campbell's black ass staff. Go look at his staff. He hired Wait, nothing but brothers. It, yo, what? I am a low key Detroit Lions. Yo, take the time. Oh, Detroit Lions. Okay. Staff, coaching staff. Oh no, yeah, he got my man, uh, Aaron Glenn. Uh huh. Right? As his defensive coordinator. Yeah. No, I love like that was my favorite hard knocks. Um, sorry, Aaron Rodgers. Oh no, we. Oh, trust me, we're gonna get to Aaron um, Rodgers. But that was my favorite hard knocks because, like, I believed him. I don't believe everybody. No. Like they say, I'd run through the wall for my coach. My coach would run nah, through the wall for me. No, Dan Campbell. He runs through walls just cause. Yeah, he'll he'll, he'll put your name on one. He's, he's gonna do that either way. Yeah. Um, you 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 are a plus in that. A team yeah. I don't love anymore. The Falcons won twenty four to ten. Your boy hey. looks good, Bijan. Um, hey. I didn't know. Hey. Hey. Who else makes that move on a catch? No one. No one. God, that was impressive. That screenplay. Oh my God. And let me let me real real. I don't cheer for the Falcons. That team appears to be rad ass. However, Bijan Robinson appears to be. I was very fucking wrong about him being the truth. I apologize. There's something. Uh, unless you're a tape tape guy, and of course, like. I watched him every week, so it's different. But his ability to navigate the point of contact is special. It's a mutant power. And you don't expect that to translate to a thing like a screen when a guy's running at you a thousand miles an hour. Um, listen, he is the first person I've ever seen make my old lady melt. <laughs> he was at the game last week and she melted. It was 108 degrees outside, so I understand. But I was like, oh, he's, he's a special young man. It's different. It's different. That kid um, in the right position is going to do special things. Now, Paul, I, we have to have Hall of Fame running backs. The Hall of Fame exists for every position. It's impossible to say there will never be another Hall of Fame running back, but I think people like him are going to usher in the new idea of what a Hall of Fame running back means. Like it used to mean 10,000 yards, right? Does 10,000 yards from scrimmage become the new thing? Well, the thing is we've seen, it's so wild because I look at it similarly to like Kevin Garnett in basketball where you're like, oh, look at the seven footer who's got range. Like now that's just kind of, you got to have that. Marshall Falk, like that, remember like uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, the idea of yards from scrimmage, the ideas of, of using the swing passes extension of the running game they were the outliers. And I think that now that it's become normalized, people like B. John Robinson who were able to elevate that skill set. Really, I don't think that, I think that he he is the evolution of that back. Like he is the equivalent to where Barry, uh, 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 Marshall Falk was in 1989. I like Marshall Falk being the comparison though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. but him, but I'm saying Marshall Falk versus the rest of the league is the same distance as Bijan versus the rest of the league now. It's the evolution of the position, but it, it has ties directly back to Marshall Falk. Let's talk about your team. Um, <clears throat> Sam Howell looks fine, I guess. Your defense is fantastic and horrifying. Uh, Commanders, 1-0. No Dan Snyder. How does it feel? That's an impossible defensive line. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that defensive line is disgusting. <laughs> Right. How looks fine. Um, you know, you got to be a patient man. I've been a patient man. So hopefully he develops. But I do not know if let's say that they go. Ten and seven this year. And there's somebody on the market. 
I feel like they got to take the guy if they go 10 and 7. If there's a quarterback out there, I feel like they got to go for him. Because, listen, (laughs) I know the Cowboys won 40 and 0. If you bet on the Cowboys, you're a fucking idiot because you've watched football for the last 20 years. Like, it don't work. Bet on the Cowboys to do what? To to be a Super Bowl team. Oh no no, I meant that game Monday, oh Sunday night, dog. I've been we're gonna look, let's do this other game first, then we'll get to the Sunday night game. Yeah, Chargers Dolphins. That's not what they are. I forgot the Dolphins. Palm. That's my Super Bowl I pick. Like, Palm, what did you run a four six? Fuck no. You didn't. Okay. I was a lineman. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, you're special. If I ran a four six, I'd be in the league today. When I'd still Cameron be getting was, checks. When Cameron was 140 pounds, I ran a four five. I was, but I was 11. also 140 pounds <laughs> and had the least amount of aggression that you should ever have as a safety. They got a bunch of guys running 4-3 and 4-4 with pads on, not even butt-ass naked. Like, ain't a lot you can do with that. And Tua Healthy is going to get them the ball. Yo, he's so good. Like, I've been trying to explain to people, like, who who just see quarterbacking as, like, arm strength. Like, I don't see it. I'm like, this is the most accurate, like, paint the corner motherfucker you've ever seen in your life. I got to go deep, baby. I just got to put it on their chest, and they're going to do the thing. And if, it, and if I decide to go deep, it's going to be a perfect football. It's like, got to give him a 20 ball. I was in the building. I was in the building when he took over at halftime for Jalen Hurts in that title game and beat Georgia. Like, I was there. I've seen it live. I've seen how fast his brave. I watched us. I watched Georgia hide coverages till mid-snap. Slip him, make the right read. And I I, I was a believer that instant. And so now you're telling me they've improved the line play. Uh, keep in mind, the Chargers had zero sacks. Um, they've improved the line play. They've got Mostert back there for when the run happens. But Tyreek Hill's going to eat up that much cushion that quickly on a snap of a football? He was gone. They gave him five. He was he was even in three steps. He was passing in six. I was like, oh, no. No, y'all, this is all. You cannot play Manning against this team. And if you play zone, two is too smart. So, like, now I'm legitimately concerned how you stop this offense. Palm, there is nothing scarier than a Samoan with a college education. I hate you. Look at the whole bloodline. There's nothing more frightening. Um, those are special people. Uh, yeah, man, you don't want the smoke. I don't want it. All right, let's do the last two games before we get out of here. Two bad nights at MetLife. The first one was because of on the field issues. Well, second one too, I guess. Cowboys beat the Giants 40 to nothing all offseason. People were telling me that, oh, look, they locked up Daniel Jones. What a thing to lock up. What a thing to guarantee. Daniel Jones, he threw 15 touchdowns against five picks last year, and you told me that was a revelation. I was told, Cam, that running quarterbacks were to be looked down upon, and I believe not effective leaders of men according to what they said when Lamar needed his money. Now they paid Danny Dimes, funny name, 40 to nothing. He's one offensive uh... – What's the penalty called? He's won offensive uh, set penalty away from not getting his money against Washington because that dumbass ref would not listen to Terry McCord. Can I read you a funny stat I found? No wait, team wait, wait. has ever. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. No team has ever lost 40 to nothing or worse 
lost a sack battle seven and or seven and or worse, lost a turnover battle three and or worse, had a field goal block for a touchdown, and threw a pick six ever in the same season. And the Giants did it Sunday. <laughs> no, Again. If, if if Giants fans knew that they were gonna be bad, it'd be different. It's the expectation of being good. They made the playoffs. But again, like, and you never want to say that one game dictates a season. It's very unfair. But they got a bullshit call against Washington, and that propelled the rest of their season. Um, He's not good. Like, I don't even know what no. we're talking about. He's not good. They paid him because they felt like they had to pay a guy. They paid him like, instead of paying Saquon. Like, that was a decision. Saquon texted me 10 minutes ago asking if I had money on, if I had the rent money. It was fucked up. It was fucked up. Not I'm good. not even a Saquon guy. I just know he's better than Daniel Browns. I think that Sam Howell, I hope you're, I hope you do well, but I also feel like they're probably going to finish third in the division. The Cowboys are clearly good. Philly, even though it wasn't the best opening, I just do not feel like there's a remedy for what Jalen Hurts and company can do in short yardage. I don't I'm think so mad any- at AJ Brown getting traded to the Eagles still. Like, like He's so the big. Titans, they should be arrested. The Titans front they, office should be arrested. They have giant man and fast man. And guys, how about you guys stop letting them draft the entire Georgia defense? At one point, Jalen Carter and fucking uh, oh, big buddy hit the quarterback hit Mac Jones on Sunday. I was like, well, that's not fair. It was Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. I was like, that seems unfair. That as as a Georgia fan, that seems like you should have broken these two gentlemen up. They do this thing on Georgia social media where they list out all the dogs playing in a uh, given football game. The Philly list is always like twelve people. <laughs> yeah, man. And lastly, um, I need you to look me real quick. We're saying this on air, on rip. We are against injuries. Can you agree on that? We hate injuries. We, we, injuries do, not, bad. we do not want people to be we hurt. We don't want injuries. Yeah, we, we, we want to. With that caveat, with that caveat. <laughs> you know what sucks? I've seen a lot of talking heads today be like, you don't want to celebrate this. Fuck that. I'm someone who wants to afford the University of Florida to cease operations in football. I do not weep for my opponent. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, dog. Aaron Rodgers, who walked out of that tunnel on September 11th with a USA flag on his fucking shoulder when he definitely said to Deshaun Kaiser, do you believe hey, in 9-11? Do you believe in 9-11? Like, Might want to do some he, research on that. He's out here telling you that vaccines are bad while the Pfizer folks are writing and signing his fucking checks. Yo, it could not happen to a faker, more disingenuous dude. He decided, oh, look, I'm sorry. I have, I think it's objectively hilarious that they put all this marketing money behind the Jets. They're on national television like four fucking times this year. They gave Trust us hard Greg knocks. Wilson, you gonna get your shine, baby. They gave us hard knocks, the, 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 the Aaron Rodgers masturbation story for four fucking weeks. They pretended like he was likable. Hey, Palm. I know, again, we're of a certain age, so you've mm-hmm. seen Joe Montana, you've seen Steve mm-hmm. Young, mm-hmm. you up up close have seen Mike Vick, yes. you've seen Tom Brady, you've seen Peyton Manning, yes. and you see Patrick Mahomes now. I would contend that Aaron Rodgers is the most fun quarterback to watch play the quarterback position in his prime. I thought he was incredible. I thought his processing, his running, I thought 
I thought he was the most incredible quarterback. And he's got the I've same number of rings as Joe Flacco. I'm well, listen. We're not disagreeing. It, between week one and sixteen, <laughs> I loved watching Aaron Rodgers play. He was my favorite player to watch play. Aaron Rodgers is a fucking idiot, and and I don't think I'm being rude when I say no, that. No, no. I think he's he's a disingenuous person. Um. I wonder if he trusts doctors now. That was mean. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's going to he's gonna go to a stable and they're going to fix his account. Someone said, Joe Rogan said he just needs to eat, drink this uh, this this protein drink and a, eat a bunch of marbles and it'll be fine. You know how hard it is being a fan of comedians in Austin, Texas? I'm going to, you know who Kill Tony is, Paul? No. Okay. Kill Tony is like Joe Rogan's uh, comedian guy who runs a show every Monday and is like the biggest comedian in the city. I'm going to kill Tony's New Year's Eve party. Um, and I hate that I'm going because I love them and their stable. And I've accepted that every comedian that I love is a right wing idiot. Yes. Um, just like Aaron Rodgers is kind of that. And you know what? You got to sacrifice belief for the talent sometimes. And it is unfortunate. Well, now the talent's been sacrificed for, oh, I'm not entirely sure what, because um, we got four plays zero for zero zero for one zero yards and that might be a career because we're not talking about like a small injury we're talking about ruptured achilles at 39 years old cam if i ruptured my achilles i'd be like well i don't walk cut the, cut the leg off cut it off i don't need that it's bad. Rat, baby no it's i'm 38 what am i gonna do with this <laughs> palm um should nfl teams play on turf it should you should make the grass investment. I think the number amount of money um, on the line and that's being invested you should make the grass investment. Do you know the last person hurt. injured on on actual turf was in America? Who? I tore my ACL on Cornell's last home game my junior year. It was the last stadium in one. It was one or one double A last stadium with actual like the carpet over over concrete. It was the last one. They say it don't move, Palm. I feel like you're going to tell me. They say it don't move. You put your foot in that that turf, and that's it. It don't go nowhere. You you played on – we played in sneakers. Like our turf shoes were – Shout out to Dion's diamond turf cleats. Lord. Um, But this stuff, like I played on field turf at home games all my my college career. Played on grass all through high school. Um – We've know a lot about like kind of the compost in there, the carcinogens that are being used in those little black dots you see everywhere. Like it's not great. And I know people are saying it's not cost effective, but you've got to pay the money to protect the players. And Aaron Rodgers, whether it was karma or the turf, we had, we just played a Super Bowl last year where players couldn't stand up on that turf. Like it's becoming an issue, it's becoming a problem. And until we get a real feasible, dependable grass solution, the turf would be the best we got because they, they brought in the grass last year for the Super Bowl and it did not go well. It wasn't great. Wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great. Wasn't great. And it's especially not great if you're Robert Sala lying and saying, I don't know why people are giving obituaries for our season. Motherfucker, yes, you do. We saw you fanboy out during hard knocks. Look, look, it's Aaron. Like, nah, man, we can't, like, ah, uh, can't have it. Cannot have it. Cam, I've kept you too long, man. Uh, no, tell everyone where they can find you. Before you get rid of me. Oh, before no. Before you get rid of me. I'm nervous. Palm, you've been a lot of places and seen a lot of people. 
you're from a specific area, you went to school in a different area. How charming is Sexy Red? I think that's the sweetest kid in the whole world. I really do. I like that kid, man. I think she's a sweet young lady. So like the Jets, like turning up for her and Sauce, finding her like during the game and saying, what's up? I love that kid. Listen, listen. I know that I present a certain way. I love a fucking hood rat. Y'all don't know. <laughs> I love a fucking hood rat. So I'm much. So glad he, I'm so glad he stopped me wrapping the show so he could have a hood rat advertisement. This, <laughs> this is the most light-skinned thing you've done, including our conversation before this podcast. Like, just be like, can I just give a shout out to some homes? Thank you. Oh, like, what? Like, Cam. I love a fucking hood rat. They're the sweetest people, man. They hold you down, baby. Listen, like if you if you ever need like hot Cheetos or pickles or anything, they got you. I love a fucking hood rat. Y'all also they, be they trying to end the show, right? Y'all heard that, right? I was like, oh, we're done here. Now Cam is like, I gotta get this shit off my chest. Ha! Ah. Over Cam, big up some of your right. <laughs> talk right about here. some of your your writerly works, your authoritative yeah, man. Uh, productions. Most recently, a couple weeks ago, uh, for The Ringer, I talked to my man, MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, about his desire um, to be the greatest AEW World Champion of all time. Um, Really fun conversation. Um, I think the world of that kid, I understand his desires. Um, We did not get to include some really important stuff we talked about with racism and anti-Semitism. I think that's an important conversation that we're going to revisit. Um, the words don't always come out the right way on social media, but I think that kid's heart is really in the right place. Um, most recently for Fightful, wrote about Great American Bash, wrote about uh, the late, great Terry Funk and Ric Flair, wrote about um, Sting and Ric Flair, um, wrote about John Cena and Bobby Lashley, like really went to it about some really good conversations. Talked to the GOAT Stone Cold Steve Austin about changing from Stone Cold to Steve. I think it was a very important conversation. I have a show every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on Fightful called My Point Is with my man Rob. Um, trying to do it all, man. Trying to do it all. I think the work is important. Um, today, and this week has been a really interesting week for me. I do not think I realized how much people care about the things that I do. And that makes me want to go even harder. So expect more, expect better. Man, I'd love to hear it. Um, I can't wait for you to get like really blow up in one of these things so that you can bring me on as the comic book side project and you and I just talk about comics for like an hour a week. <laughs> we got to do it, but man. I will have you on eventually uh, this fall. We're going to talk more football because I guess Texas is going to fucking be around. Uh, we'll talk more. I want to talk wrestling with you. I really do want to sit down for like an hour just talking about wrestling because you're one of my favorite people to talk about that with. Um, and also, I'll need pointers on raising a light-skinned child in this world because um, <laughs> I have no experience with this. It's and, difficult, uh, baby. It's difficult. It we we got like a different we'll be, set of rules. The eyes keep getting lighter every day. I'm like, no, no, no. Um, but that's it, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Um, we're going to be back. Make sure you check out the other feeds on MTR Network. Our Super Tuesday podcast is winding down with a recap of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're doing second half, or the first half, excuse me, of season two is up right now. Uh, there will also be some character corner stuff once Chris gets back from Tiff and I get done being a dad. I don't, you're never a dad with that. But I, I guess it's just my new boss is very demanding and his hours are shit. So I'll get you guys content when I can. 
But um, thanks again to everyone. Uh, that was your show. There is no outro. See you guys next week.